are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hard to sound at your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked on Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. Thank you so much for joining me today. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked on Heels or me personally at Candice D. Cooper. So here's what I have on tap for you today. We've got some Maui invite night one conversations to be had. Game recap between UNC versus UNLV and a look ahead to today's matchup. Also going to mention... UNC great Antoine Jameson and his recent accomplishment. Now, let's jump right into it. I hope you guys had a great start to your Monday. Monday was tough, right? After coming off of Thanksgiving holiday, it is always a little rough on a Monday. And then you add some rain, right? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> you want me to be productive, but then you make it cloudy and cold. That just ruins it. Can't even lie to you. But the Tar Heels seem to have some Monday rust as they had a slow start to their game. The Tar Heels were down 0-13 when it came to their game against UNLV in the quarterfinals of the Maui Invitational, which was held last night at 7 Whew, boy, oh boy, it was quite the start. Now, to recap you from yesterday's show about the Maui Invitational, Carolina has won it four times under, three times under, once under Bill Guthridge and three times under Coach Roy Williams. As we saw, hmm, a little aside, Roy looked real nice yesterday in his Jordans. Okay, I can't tell you the name of them because I'm not a shoe, shoe head like, what is it called? Jer- hmm, what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for, people? I don't, I'm not a sneakerhead. There you go. Right there on the tip of my tongue. I'm not a sneakerhead, but Roy was looking clean in his Jordans last night. Now, we all know, I don't know how many times they talked about Roy Williams being a native of Asheville, won the Maui Invitational as a head coach at Kansas, and how he you know, was 18-2 and two in the Maui Invitational. But then, boy, oh boy, did they bring up Mr. Porky Spencer, one of Roy's best friends in the start of the game. And as Carolina was on its 0-13 drought, Porky got to talk to us for, I would say, a good six to seven minutes. It was a full-blown combo. And until you saw Porky, you know, there was up in the air about where he was from. But then when they mentioned Asheville, I was like, the accents are a little stronger in Asheville than I remember. (laughs) But he was the highlight of the game for me. I'm just going to say, I said, Porky needs to come back every time that Carolina is in a drought and that he can't stop talking until they score because my goodness, he, he has some stories, but I mean, of course, what do old black men do? They have stories for days and memories and all that good stuff. So yeah, they got him to talking. And also the commentators were really harsh on some of our players, but we'll get into that more. I also felt like they didn't really talk about the game. <laughs> I guess it wasn't too much of a blowout, but while it was 0 13, you know, that was Porky's time. But then once the game really got going, it didn't really feel like a basketball game. It felt like two friends just kicking it, and they just happened to be watching basketball together. So that was that. But this was Carolina's first game back in Asheville since beating UNC Asheville in 2011. Carolina is also 20-3 and in the Maui Invitational. So the heels were back and ready to fight. As UNLV, though, they seem to have lost all fight in them. After taking a 91-78 to loss to Montana State, it didn't seem like UNLV was hungry enough to maintain kind of some of that bounce-back energy when it started the game. So coming out 0-13, playing against the Carolina, you would assume, okay, we're, we've been on the ropes. We've only been one – We've only won one time against Carolina, but man, oh man, if they didn't come out swinging. However, they were just, they fell flat. 
You know, you know, shout out to Carolina for obviously stepping up throughout the game and changing a lot of different things. But man, it was just ugly from start to finish. Uh, once they kind of got rolling for the Tar Heels, I think that UNLV just—I don't even know what the right word is because it's, it's almost like they tried. They were shooting out the gym in the beginning, but then it was like once they got to 27 points, Carolina went on one hell of a run, 45 to 14 run, and it was just pretty much over for the running Rebels. And I, you know, I always like to see close games, but then again, blowouts are cool too. <laughs> you, uh, finishing up for the day, RJ Davis led the team with 16 points. Six assists. Garrison Brooks had 14.7 rebounds. Armando Bake got 12 points. Andrew Playtech, 11 points, two of four, which were three-pointers. And I just want to say, Andrew, okay, come on, Mr. Consistent. Walker Kessler had seven points, and Leaky Black had a team high of 10 rebounds. So Carolina didn't have a strong offensive performance, only 41% from field goals, 35% from three, and 65% from free throws. But they dominated on the boards, getting 54 total rebounds. The turnover game, 16, really strong, but also saw some strong steals with seven. Now, just shooting 42%, well, you know, I rounded up, 42% from the floor and 66% from the free throw line is something that, you know, you can't do that against good teams. Like, it it worked. You could fake it. But we also saw Roy take up four of his starters to start the game after getting frustrated about that 0-13 start. So, you know... This is a strong, this was like an upgrade from the College of Charleston game, right? So you're no longer, to me, you're no longer in scrimmage mode. You're in like first game jitters. Is that what we're going to call this? Yes, that's what we'll call this. More first game, second game jitters, which again, all the hype, we've seen some pretty good teams get blown out or lose in close matchups. Again, Villanova lost to Virginia Tech. Virginia lost to San Francisco. Kentucky lost to Richmond. I mean, there's some upsets to be had. I'm cool with Carolina being in the conversation of not that. I'm cool with Carolina being 2-0, however ugly it may look. I'm glad we're not on the receiving end of some dominating performances from teams that you don't really know who their roster is, right? So I'll take this. I'll take the speed bumps. I don't think you should rank right now. I think we need like six more games before you give these teams any more rankings, especially because... You know, we talk about 2020 being the crazy year. It just doesn't make sense. These guys are not as prepared as they could be. Yes, you can practice all day long and go up against your internal talent, but it's not the same thing. We know that. We know that it's just you're not going to go hard body up against your teammate as you do an opponent, period. That's just, and we have so many big men who have probably been ready to dominate boards. We saw Dayron Sharp, who's really finding his legs who unfortunately was having an educational moment <laughs> this game. He was getting blocked left and right. He was doing a lot. He was turning over the ball a lot. He had a, you know, we had, we had to get, get there. We're, all, we're not there yet, but we're getting there. So as a dominant performance as he had in the first game, you know, that's the ebbs and flows of what it takes to be a college athlete. Sometimes you're on it, sometimes you're not. And he, you know, he, it wasn't his best. It wasn't his best. But I wanted to mention, though, I was talking about the commentary for the game and damn if they were not hard on Garrison Brooks talking about how last year he had to dominate and how you know he was forced to step up and score all those points but he was unlikely to do that this year because he had more help and he has more teammates with more talent which is like cool 
right? Like, I get it, but you need to lay off. Like, he's still learning. It's a lot to take on all these titles and all of this energy that people are throwing at you, but why would you take away from a man's accomplishments feeling like he can't do repeat that performance? If everyone is talking about how he's gotten better, if everyone talks about year after year how his game has improved, why would you lessen that and assume that he's not going to be as dominant, if not more? Yes, he's going to be able to facilitate better, and yes, he doesn't have to do everything night in and night out. Thank God, right? Nobody, clearly he couldn't even maintain that kind of energy for to finish season 14, 19. So like, yes, duh. But at the same time, that might make him even stronger now that he has the opportunities to rest and be more dominant on the floor. So we'll see. I w- I'm interested to see how the big man rotation turns out. But more importantly, I've got some quick takeaways from the game that I want to throw at you next here on Locked on Tar Heels. Do you ever feel like you're always on? I mean, same. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes I just need to celebrate responsibly. That's when I reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing, Coors Light from Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Make sure you tune in to Locked on Tar Heels from anywhere you listen to podcasts. We are going to be talking about today's game against Stanford at 4 p.m. on Twitter at Locked on Heels at Candace D. Cooper. Make sure you're tuning in. It's going to be an interesting game. We'll see if Carolina comes out stronger this go-round. They don't come out super flat. The uh, starters aren't rotated in, rotated out, excuse me, rather, real quickly. So that'll be a conversation we have today at 4 p.m. They take on Sanford on ESPN, so make sure you guys tune in for that. And then as we gear up for Carolina and the gridiron, we've got to talk about Mac Brown and his midweek presser. We've got to ha- listen to the coordinators and see what they have to say about the Notre Dame game, but more importantly, what they're hoping for the guys to tune up and finish strong with these last two matchups against Western Carolina and Miami. So that is going to be that conversation. So you've got to keep rolling with us throughout the week, every single day for up to 30 minutes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, all of that good stuff. So I'm looking forward to hearing your feedback here at Locked on Heels. Now, some quick takeaways I wanted to have about yesterday's game. Just throwing some at you there, right? Carolina started on 13. Everyone was a little bit nervous. We were like, who is this Carolina team? And it felt as though with all that's going on this year, 2020 being crazy, it's like, damn, what are we doing? But rest assured, Roy and the guys feel like, you know, it's just rest. Again, nobody needs to do anything but give grace in the year of 2020 when it comes to these guys playing. I understand having the hottest takes on Twitter firing off in your podcast and radio stations and your news briefs, but it's, is it necessary? I don't think so because it's only two games. And I don't think they should be rankings anyway. I don't think you should waste your time trying to rate 18 to 22 year olds when you just never know how it's going to be. And there's so many more opportunities to be stressed out and ebbs and flows than it is, I would say, argue for football. So we're going to get an up and down team this year. So let's all just prepare our mind. (laughs) 
Let's not, you know, panic. Let's not go crazy, right? If we see them doing really well, let's not get overhyped about ourselves because we just don't know how it's going to. I don't want to get too hyped and be disappointed. That's where I'm at with Carolina basketball this year. Because <laughs> I felt like last year I knew we were going to struggle, but I didn't think it was going to be that ugly. So I'd rather just be even keel this go round. That's, that's what I'm doing for myself. You know, Carolina led the way after a tie ball game at 27. Again, went on a 45 to 14 run and even, even brought out Blue Steel, which are their walk-on players by the end of it. So we got to see some of them get some time, which, you know, again, having that time to get some scrimmage in, to get when guys go into foul trouble, we might have to have a stronger rotation. It's nice to see that there is depth there for Carolina, which honestly was not the case last year. That's one of the things that we had to depleted bench certainly so that was the reason for lots of minutes for some of our guys and up and down performances I feel like they still are learning to relax and play their games they've got stronger in every facet as the game went on on offensive rebounds defensive rebounds driving to the basket dominating the paint firing from behind the arc I mean shit sorry Andrew Playtech was making consistent shots (laughs) and he was leading the points at one point in the game so I'm just saying, there is money to be made all around. Pass it to your homie and keep it pushing. So I'm I'm pretty content with that. The big men stepping up, Walker Kessler. I said, arguably, is he the next Psycho T, Tyler Hansborough? I don't know. Give him time. Learn his footing. Could he be that for the Tar Heels? Is it too early to say? You let me know at Locked on Heels. I would love to have that conversation. Armando Baycott showing growth. Garrison Brooks, again, We're giving him some love, giving grace. I'm interested to see how that rotation lines up as we head into the ACC play very soon with Dayron 2 being in that conversation. They they have the big men now. They have the bodies to dominate. Can they be consistent with it? And, you know, I think that that's something that we still need to figure out, Roy. (laughs) How are you going to make sure everyone feels the love but still has the up, you know, has consistent performances Interested to see how that all works out. Now, I do think that from the free point, free throw line, you got to make all your free throws. At the end of the day, no excuse. There should be 100. I always will say it needs to be 85, 90. I'll never say 100 because, you know, nobody's perfect, right? <laughs> but damn, make your free throws, make your layups. Those are two of my biggest pet peeves in life. Those are fundamental parts of basketball. No excuses for not getting it done. A note, though, we talk about Garrison Brooks. He had a thousand. He has finished so far his Carolina career. If it's ended today, he would have a thousand points in his career. He is the 78th player in UNT basketball history to score a thousand points, the most of any NCAA program. So, Carolina, if you're listening, recruits, if you're thinking about going to Carolina, greatness is abound, period. <laughs> That's just what they do here. So shout out to Garrison for that nod. Make sure you guys, again, are tuning in on Tuesday at 4 p.m. on ESPN as a team faces Stanford. So here we go yet again. Let's keep the ball rolling. Keep it pushing. That's how we like to see it. And I'm hoping that they have yet another dominant performance now. When it's all said and done and you hang up your career at Carolina, you want to be, for one, being the Raptors, but we all know how hard the hell that is. Cool, because we have so much greatness there. Fine. But there's also things that, you know, accomplishments could be had in terms of making it to the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame. And Anton Jameson is going to be 
in that conversation. I want to talk about one of my favorites, Carolina players of all time. I have a, also have a great story that's, you know, you might find it great. You might not. And that's cool, too. <laughs> but let's talk about the 12th Tar Heel enshrined in the Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame next here on Locked on Tar Heels. BuiltGo makes you the best you at whatever you do. BuiltGo is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. BuiltGo comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and my personal favorite, chocolate mint. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go gives me the kick to keep me going strong with B6 and B12 vitamins. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast, plus it's easy on my stomach. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Every Tuesday at Locked on NFL, Luke Braun and Ross Jackson break down the Monday Night Football action and top fantasy storylines around the NFL with the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. Luke and Ross are joined every Tuesday by a Locked on Fantasy expert to help you save your lineup with waiver wire picks, must-starts, and more. Subscribe to Locked on NFL wherever you get your podcast. okay? Now, Anton Jameson, the unanimous National College Basketball Player of the Year as a University of North Carolina forward in 98, and the first men's basketball player in ACC history to earn first-team all-conference honors as a freshman, sophomore, and junior, is one of the six players and two coaches elected to the NABC Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame Class of 2021. Jameson will be the 12th Tar Heel enshrined in the Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame with coaches Ben Carnival, Frank McGuire, Dean Smith, Larry Brown, who played at UNC, and Roy Williams, and players Billy Cunningham, Bob McAdoo, James Worthy, Phil Ford, Charlie Scott, and Sam Perkins. That's pretty elite company, <laughs> if I do say so myself. And if you guys also catch me on Guest to Guest Live, you have seen me with Phil Ford coming to that conversation with Penn Holderness. So make sure you guys tune into that too. But yes, I Anton Jameson is up there with the elites and deservedly so. Jameson was just the second Tar Heel and third player in ACC history to be named ACC Player of the Year, ACC Tournament MVP. NCAA Regional MVP and National Player of the Year in the same season. That was 97 and 98. So I was eight years old, but I had my eyes wide big for Carolina. As you know, I grew up in the state of North Carolina from Raleigh, born and raised. Only went 30 minutes down the street to go to Chapel Hill. But man, oh man, when I was growing up, Anton was the guy. He, Vince Carter, Shimon Williams, Ed Coda, Okulaja were just... That was it, <laughs> right? And so growing up and just experiencing Carolina greatness is just something that you're, it's ingrained, born, bred, dead, period, okay? But when I got older, I took my talents over to Duke. I will say that. I worked there for a year and a half, and I actually saw Anton come in the year that they had Zion and Cam Reddish and all those guys come over there. He was recruiting well, I, will, I don't even know what I want to call it because I'm not trying to do no NCAA violations over here. So he was over there. I think he was a scout. Let's Yeah, that's the good word we're going to use. He was a scout for the Lakers at the time. He came over to, I guess, watch practice or whatever, and we were setting up for an event that we had. And he walked in, and I'm looking at him like, 
I know you and I know you're not supposed to be here. So I'm so confused and I'm trying to not fangirl because I really don't fangirl over athletes because I grew up around them all the time. But I was just like in awe of who this man is because it's Anton Jameson. But more importantly, I was just like, why are you in Dern? And so I cracked that joke. He smiled. It was cool. We had a moment, you know, whatever. I didn't want to ask for an autograph because I felt like that. Again, that would be weird. And I was on the clock. But, you know, if ever I see Anton Jameson again, I'm definitely asking for a picture because I need to remember that it happened. <laughs> so if you ever get this opportunity, if we ever get out of this damn pandemic, I'm asking for pictures. That's, uh, you know, that's one of my goals out of this pandemic, out of COVID-19 and all this quarantine craziness, I'm going to do better about creating and making the memories because I just never know when I'm going to get that opportunity again. All right, that was my spiel. Now back to Anton Jameson. He concluded his UNC career with 1,974 points and over 1,000 rebounds. He is the fourth. He was a fourth pick in the first round of the 98 draft, played 16 seasons in the NBA in the 2003-2004, he was named Sixth Man of the Year. He retired the NBA as the he retired from the NBA in 2013-2014. Is currently the director of pro personnel with the Washington Wizards. So, <laughs> you know, pro personnel, fancy word for probably just making sure them jokers stay in line. But you know, here we are. <laughs> the honorees will be enshrined in November 2021. Hopefully by then, Lord Jesus, we can all make it to Kansas City and see the guys get inducted. But man, who knows? Who knows how it's going to be? I hope they can at least bring their family there for that special moment. So yeah, that's that on that. But that wraps up today's show. Again, I am prepping for a long day of working on getting you guys content for the football perspective, the basketball perspective, all things Carolina. So make sure you guys tune in every single day. Come back. We're going to have fun. There's so much more to talk about. We keep it fun here, right? This is the place where, of course, you can get the hardcore analytics and you can get the play-by-play. That's cool. (laughs) But you can also just have fun and just, you know, we can be, we're straight shooter analysis over here. We just call it like we see it. Sometimes because I am not an expert in the basketball because I've never played professionally, I'm going to bring you insiders, right, who've done it at that level or who have studied it for millions of years at that level because I want you guys to hear from them every now and then. I'm going to sprinkle those in. But I also want to keep this podcast fun because I think sometimes people get away from that when it comes to these types of things and they make these outrageous takes about guys and judgment calls about guys without knowing a damn thing. So I don't want to do that. <laughs> and maybe that's just the former athlete in me. And this isn't a total aside. I'm wrapping up, I promise. But I just, you know, sometimes I just want to keep it fun, keep it light. 2020 has been so hard on everybody. So let's just try that the best we can. All right. So make sure you join me back here tomorrow. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And remember, stay smart and safe out there. It's getting a little bit chillier. I don't know if you get a flu shot. I don't. But if you do, go ahead and get that on in. Make sure you're taking your elderberry uh, syrup and your cough drops and your pills, all that vitamin C, get it flowing. Make sure we're just staying cleansed out here because this is not a game okay I'm trying to go outside in 2021 if I can all right I hope you guys have a great rest of your Tuesday and as always go heels you are locked on Tar Heels your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels part of the locked on podcast network your team every day